all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason. You. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. It's made possible in part by contributions from podcast listeners. Please consider making a contribution by going to the Donate Now tab at mpbonline.org. Thanks for your financial support. This is Southern Remedy Kids and Teens on MPB Think Radio. I'm Dr. Morgan McLeod, Assistant Professor of Pediatrics and Internal Medicine at UMMC. Today we're going to be talking about flu shots or flu vaccines because the flu season is unfortunately just around the corner and we've actually already been seeing some cases of flu here recently So once school got back in session. So it is definitely here and it is about to be time to start getting your flu shots. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about the benefits of flu shots. Uh, the timing of flu shots, you know, what kind of flu shot do you need because they're maybe a little different depending on what age you are. And uh, we got Dr. Feldman here to help us with all of that. So if you have any questions or comments, you can always send an email to kids at mpvonline.org. So good morning, Dr. Feldman. Good morning. Good to be here. Yeah, thanks for coming back on with us. Uh, you know, this is, uh, this is about the good time to start getting the flu vaccine. I mean, you mentioned there are some cases, but they're scattered cases. Mm-hmm. We don't really begin to see flu uh, where it becomes more widespread, usually until sometime in November. But it fizzles out over Thanksgiving, comes back a little before Christmas, and then it fizzles out again, and then it goes gangbusters <laughs> January, February, and March. So now is sort of a good time to start getting the vaccine because what you want to do is be with the best antibodies or protection um, during the flu season. If you get it too early, well, you kind of fizzle out with your antibodies. But you start getting it in October, that's a good time because you're building up the height of your antibodies and your protection to get you through January, February, and March. So October, November, early part of November becomes the best time to go ahead and get your flu shot. Yeah. So let's talk about some of the complications that happen with the flu because, you know, I think people get a little jaded with the flu because, you know, everybody at some point has had the flu. Um, We got the flu last year, and that's probably the first time I've had it in, I don't know, 15 years at least. And it was miserable. (laughs) I also had a newborn baby who was not sleeping who also had the flu. So it was a combination of just a mess of things. But uh, you forget how miserable it can make you. And we also get a little jaded and forget that there can be lots of complications from the flu, too. So tell us a little bit about some of the complications and how does the vaccine help prevent those complications? Okay, basically, it's true. People get the flu vaccine and then they 
couple of weeks later or months later, they still get the flu. And it's not 100% protective. You take the measles vaccine, that's almost 99% protective. Um, flu vaccine is not that protective. But when you get, if you've had the flu vaccine and you get the flu, it's going to be milder than if you didn't get the flu vaccine. And when you're talking about milder, what you really want to do is you don't want to wind up in a hospital. Right. You don't want to wind up in a breathing machine. You don't want to wind up in the intensive care unit needing all kinds of drugs and antivirals and antibiotics. And what the flu va- vaccine basically does, for the most part, is prevent you from getting that. Now, you, who's a 35-year-old healthy male who works out five days a week and, you know, looks like he'd go on a wrestling team, <laughs> yeah, they're going to get mild flu. But where you see the more severe flu and where the complications come in tend to be in older people, um, tend to be in younger ch- people, children, who tend to get more flu than even many of the adults, they're the ones who also get hospitalizations and in the ICUs. And what the flu vaccine does for that group is, yeah, it may not prevent them all from getting flu, but it's going to be much milder. And it's the same with older people, people in their 60s and older. They tend to have severe flu They're the ones in the hospitals, the ICUs and breathing machines, et cetera. But when they get the flu vaccine, even though it doesn't prevent them from getting the flu, it prevents them basically from being in the hospital and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, I was going to, you know, when we got it last year, um, we actually got it from my parents. They had kept the baby, and my parents had caught it from somebody at choir practice at church. And, you know, my dad's 70 years old, so I was very thankful he had gotten the flu shot because, I mean, he is one of those at risk. And then also my baby was seven weeks old. And so thankfully I had gotten the flu vaccine while I was pregnant. Um, So she had had some of my antibodies that had passed through the placenta. And then plus getting some of the antibodies through the breast milk too. So because she ended up getting fairly sick with it, and we actually had to make a trip to the ER at midnight one night because of her breathing. Um, And she had a little viral pneumonia. um, And thankfully it didn't turn into anything else. But, you know, you have to think about there's two big ends of the spectrum of who you have to mainly worry about and I have several had several of those at the time who in my family who when we had the flu and so I'm very thankful we all had the flu shot. That was one of the the requirements that I had for people to be around her, well, and that, I'm thankful we did. That's a good point about the pregnancy. A very important point. Not only are pregnant women more likely to get sick with the flu and have severe flu, but also, like you said, seven week old, five week old, four weeks old. They're too young for the flu vaccine. Mm -hmm. But if their mother got the flu vaccine, A, it tends to protect the baby. And also, babies usually get the flu from their mothers and their fathers. Mm -hmm. So if they've been vaccinated, it sort of helps protect them both ways. One, the mother can give the baby the antibodies. And the fact that she's less likely to get the flu, you know, and pass it on to the baby. So pregnant women are another group that really need the flu vaccine, and you can get it basically any time during um, the pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So yeah, definitely, definitely want to make sure you get it. I was, I was thankful we had it, even though we did catch the flu last year. I was thankful we all had it. Just, we all ended up doing well, and everybody did fine. Um, even though we had some high risk people in the family that had gotten it. So, you know, and even younger people, you know, with asthma mm-hmm. and people who have lupus and all kinds of other diseases for which they're being treated, even though they're relatively young. They're still at risk for severe disease, the hospitalizations, and the whole nine yards. You know, and there are deaths from flu. There's no question about that. Mm-hmm. You know, and even young children. In a bad flu season, we will see deaths in children numbering in the hundred or so. That's throughout the nation, not just Mississippi by right. any means. Right. So you got to keep in mind that it can be a severe disease. And while the vaccine doesn't protect you 100%, it tends to make the disease milder if you got the flu vaccine. And by the way, you can't get the flu from the flu vaccine because it's not live virus that you're getting. Right. You're getting a killed virus. Yeah. You have a few um, statistics on, that you gave us, and so I was just going to read these real quick, but... Uh, pediatric deaths from the flu were cut in half for kids with underlying high-risk medical conditions, um, which is like what you were talking about. So kids that have asthma and some of the chronic medical problems, and cut cut it by two-thirds for healthy children. Hospitalizations were cut in half for adults greater than 65, um, and significantly for people, 79% for people with diabetes and 52% for people with lung disease. So, I mean, that's... That's pretty substantial numbers when you think about it. So if you have any chronic illness or you're older than 65, you definitely want to make sure that you're getting your flu vaccines. But we also want to make sure we're getting our kids vaccinated because they're usually the germ spreaders. Right. <laughs> so um, so just because you may have a healthy child, uh, they're usually the ones that are spreading the germs. So we also want to make sure that we're vaccinating our children as well. And actually, we don't even vaccinate enough of our our children or our population. You know, only about half the children get the flu vaccine. Um, You know, and if you're a normal adult, you know, less than half of those get the vaccine. And don't forget, even though you're a healthy adult and likely if you're going to get flu, it's not going to be bad. You don't want to pass it on to your 65-year-old grandmother or whatever. So, again, even though the disease may not be severe for you because you're so healthy, you can still pass it on to somebody else. And by getting the flu vaccine, not only do you have a better chance of not getting it, but even if you get it, it's going to be milder, and you're less likely to spread it because you're spewing out less virus when you have mild disease than when you've got the full-blown coughing, your brain's out, you know, and you can't sleep and all this kind of stuff. You're just spewing virus all over the place. Mm-hmm. And the aches. Oh, oh. I forgot how bad the aches were with the flu until last year. We are talking today about flu shots. We would love to hear from you. You can always send us an email, too, to kids at mpbonline.org. So we know the flu vaccines can kind of, the flu season, excuse me, can change every year. Um, We don't ever have the same. The strands change. The severity of symptoms change each year. Um, And we really haven't had bad flu seasons the past couple of years. So tell us a little bit about, um, number one, we'll start with why have we not seen that much flu in the past couple of years? Well, there's probably two reasons. 
the big reason is probably COVID. Yeah. COVID kept a lot of people home. Schools were closed. Workplaces were closed. People were working from home. Well, that helps keep the flu away. Keeps away a lot of other things besides flu, other mm-hmm. respiratory infections, and et cetera. So I think that played a big role in why we haven't had much of a flu season. Now, don't forget this year, now people are more outgoing. People aren't wearing masks as much, and they don't need to. And case counts are down. Omicron, while more contagious, tends to be milder, um, but hasn't gone away by any stretch of the imagination. Um, And that's one reason. Uh, The other reason is, if you look historically, flu seasons wax and wane. So we probably got caught with COVID preventing flu, plus did just occasionally on low seasons. But this year, based on some of the data coming out of South America, Australia, New Zealand, that part of the world, because they see the flu worse, uh, flu first, they're seeing more flu cases this year, which pretends that we may get the same thing up up here in North America and our, our part of the world. Uh, so this could be a more severe s- uh, season. Um, plus the fact that when you don't have a lot of contact and you don't pick up mild cases of flu, your immunity tends to go away. Mm-hmm. And that's, again, where the vaccine becomes more important because your own natural immunity is kind of waned because you haven't had that many exposures. Mm-hmm. I mean, somebody like myself, who's a pediatrician, never gets the flu because I've been around it for so many years, even though I always get the flu shot. um, I just don't get the flu because I build up all this protection having been exposed to umpteen zillion kids with flu and this kind of stuff. Yeah. Like I said, last year was my first year in at least 15 years, and now I remember... Mm -hmm. It reminded me of how important it is to get the flu shot. Um, so we're going to go to, we've got a couple of callers. We'll go first to Doris, who's in Columbus. Good morning, Doris. Good morning. My question, well, it's not my question. I, I missed the part that he said the best time to take the flu shot. Now, starting in, by now I mean October. Beginning to the middle of October, uh, before the end of October. Because then that will give you your best antibodies in terms of how high they're going to be and how protective they're going to be. That's going to carry you through a good part of January, February, and March. Because we tend to see flu in March. Um, And, you know, the protection tends to last about three or four months, maybe five months at the most. So that's why getting it in October will carry you through, you know, uh, November, December, January, February, and into March. So this is a good time to start getting it now. Okay, but the the best time would be the 15th of October through the 31st. Sounds good to me. Yeah. (laughs) All right. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank, thank you, you for your call. And it, it usually takes, what, a couple of weeks to yeah, truly get a, the right. the benefit of it. So that's why, you know, you want you don't want to you want to time it to where you give yourself a few weeks to build up that immunity before the season really gets going. Um, thanks, Doris, for your call. We'll go next to Carl. He's in Vicksburg. Good morning, Carl. Uh, yes, ma'am. I had a question. Um, 
I'm, I'm due to get my uh, booster shot for Pfizer, and um, I just want to find out, can I get the flu shot and the booster shot, shot on the same day? Is that, is that okay? Yeah, you can, but let me make a suggestion. I would go ahead, if it was me, mm-hmm. and I was going to get my booster, I would get that now, and then I would wait about two weeks and get the flu vaccine. Okay. On the, one reason for that is, you know, there's always some side effects from the vaccines, usually not very much, but when you get them both at the same time, who knows, maybe you'll get a little more side effects. You can do it, and it's generally okay, not a problem, uh, but unless you're in a real hurry, I would wait the two weeks. That's what I would do personally, yep. um, and that's basically what I've done. Okay, okay. Thank you so much. I love your show. Yeah, thanks Thank so much for calling. We appreciate it. Yeah, that's what I've pretty much been recommending, and that's what I've recommended to my parents as well. Um, it's just split it. And uh, one thing to think about, too, is if you are older than 65, which we'll get into, we recommend the high-dose flu vaccine. Um, and those are the people, too, who are recommending the COVID boosters right. for. Um, and so the high-dose flu vaccine, I feel like people get a little bit more side right. effects with that one than they do with the general flu shot. Um, so if you're getting the high-dose flu vaccine and the COVID booster, totally okay, but just be prepared to feel a little crummy yeah. for right. a couple of days. So. Right. Something to keep in mind for children, you don't get the flu vaccine until six months. But from six months through eight years of age, you need two doses of the vaccine. You know, and they give it about a month or so apart. Um, so you got to keep that in mind. If you have a, a child at age to get the flu, they're going to need two shots. Now, if you have a child who's already had in the past two doses at least of the flu vaccine, could be one year, two years, whatever, it doesn't matter, uh, then they can they'll only need one dose. But for those who've never had the flu vaccine or have only had one shot for whatever reason, they're going to need two doses. And you got to keep that in mind in how you're timing the flu vaccine. Yeah. And uh, one thing I feel like when you're thinking about that, because I know I'm just thinking for my daughter in my head, um, we had planned to get her first dose of flu vaccine this week, actually. Uh, but then she ended up getting sick with an ear infection. So we're, we're going to hopefully do that next week because she will be turning one and she'll be going and getting her one-year-old vaccines um, at the end of the month. So hopefully we can time it to where she can get her first dose and then get her second dose along with her 12-month-old vaccine so we can knock it all out in one. So that's one thing to, to think about, too, is, you know, try to time it if you're going to have an appointment coming up or if you have a child that is going to be going and getting their regular routine vaccinations, it's okay to get the flu vaccine with those routine vaccinations. Yeah, and many of the, the offices, if you get the first dose of the flu vaccine and got to come back for the second, you don't usually need an office visit. Right. They'll frequently just let you come in X number of days later to get the second shot without having any kind of visit, just getting the shot in and out. Right, right. And we will go to Lily in Centerville. Good morning, Lily. Good morning. How are you all this morning? We are doing well. Thank you for calling. Oh, okay. Okay. I was asking, my question was, I take um, allergy shots every other week. 
And I was, my question was, would it be a good idea to take uh, the allergy shots with the flu shot? Uh, should I wait and take the flu, get my allergy shot, then the flu shot separate? Well, do you go to the allergist's office to get the shots? Yes, I go in Woodville. Yeah. Mississippi, well, what I was, what I, care doctor yeah, what, what I was going to suggest is ask him. He may have a preference okay. um, of how he wants you to do that, because he doesn't want any interference with the allergy shots and the flu shot, and they would be the best one to tell you how to do it. Okay. 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 All right, then. I thank you all very much. Yeah, thank you for calling. We appreciate it. Okay, okay. We enjoy y'all having y'all over here in Centerville. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much. Thank okay, you, and have a great okay. day. You all, too. Okay. So Lily brings up a, another topic with allergies that I want to make sure we hit because I feel like a lot of people have this question it comes up every year um can you get the flu shot if you have an egg allergy um, when she mentioned allergies that kind of triggered that in my head so can you get the flu shot if you have egg allergies the answer is yes now it, it depends upon the answer is yes period but what vaccine you get depends upon what your egg allergy is and for the most part if you just got a rash or something mild with the flu or you have to eggs, um, you can basically get any flu vaccine. Um, on the other hand, if you had breathing problems or blood pressure problems with eggs or with any kind of egg allergy, then you get special vaccines. But to make your life easier, since there are so many flu vaccines, there are two vaccines which have no eggs. So it almost doesn't matter. If you don't want a, the flu vaccine because you want to be around eggs, it's real easy. There's one called Fluvoc, F-L-U-B-L-O-K, Fluvoc, and the other is Flucelovax. And these are readily available in the pharmacies and doctor's offices and all this kind of stuff. And they don't have um, any eggs in them. So if you're worried about egg allergy, even if it was mild and you only got a rash, nah, you don't want to deal with it, you have two choices to get a flu vaccine which has nothing to do with eggs. And then you don't have to worry about it. And one is flu block and the other is flu Celevax, and they're readily available all over the place. So if, you're, if you or your child does have an egg allergy, would you recommend trying to make sure they get their flu shot in a doctor's office as opposed to, like, going to the pharmacy to get it? Or do you think that really matters because well, the risk of reaction is pretty low? Yeah. First of all, if you get the no-egg flu vaccine, it really doesn't make yeah. much of a difference. And the answer to that depends upon what happened to, quote, give you the flu, flu allergy. The easiest thing to do is you can still go to the pharmacy or you can still go to the doctor's office and just wait there 15 minutes because if you're going to have any kind of reaction. 
But again, if you're worried about it, just get the flu vaccine that has no egg. Yeah. And that sort of solves your problem. And again, that's readily available in pharmacies. And usually, again, for children, they get it at some physician's office. Pharmacies, for the most part, don't give young children vaccines. Yeah. So you can get them in your doctor's office, and if he wants you to wait around 15 minutes, fine. But again, and you can get the no-egg flu vaccines basically every place. Yeah. This is Southern Remedy Kids and Teens on MPB Think Radio. We have Dr. Feldman on with us, and we are talking about flu shots today. So we have another caller, Alan, who's in Jackson. Good morning, Alan. Good morning. How are y'all? Good. What's going on today? Well, I was hoping that given the resurgence of misinformation and even uh, sometimes disinformation regarding health and medicine, I was hoping y'all could spend some time talking about the safety of vaccine safety of the flu vaccine sure or just vaccines in general i think yeah i mean well number one the flu shot's been around for how long now <laughs> like S- since what 60 years something like that yeah um and the risks for complications from the flu vaccine or true allergies to it are very low um I mean, you'll have the occasional reaction, and um, I guess Guillain-Barre is another big one that a lot of people get so concerned about, too. But I think I've only seen that happen one time. I mean, it happens, but it's so rare that that can happen. Um, So, I mean, the flu shot itself has been around for so long with very minimal complications. As regards to all the other vaccines, we Dr. Feldman was on the show not too long ago talking about back-to-school vaccines, and we talked some about just the safety of them and how how long they have been around. Um, and one of the things that I always like to talk about, too, is uh, Dr. LeBlanc. I know he's been on the show before, too, an immunologist, talks about just the people get so worried about maybe overloading our children's systems with these vaccines and the antigens that are presented to them. But really, in reality, what our children encounter every day with regards to foreign antigens, like, innumerably outweighs what they get in the vaccination. Um, So when it regards to that, from that standpoint of the safety of what are we putting into our children, um, it is very safe for them to receive those because they encounter so many more foreign antigens throughout the day than just with a vaccination. I mean, there are side effects. I mean, nobody argues that. But all the side effects are mild compared to what the disease is. Um, And, you know, and the misinformation is taking the side effects and the disinformation and blowing them out of proportion yeah, you're going to have a rare event. But for the most part, you can look around. Everybody you know who's gotten vaccines, has anybody really gotten anything bad? And the odds are no. I mean, occasionally somebody's going to know somebody who did get something. But in general, the vaccines are safe. I mean, the flu vaccine, again, has been around. It's nothing but a killed virus that's not going anywhere except to try to give you antibodies for protection. And, again, it has side effects. Yeah, you get a little soreness. Um, you get a little redness. Some people get a little fever. Some people don't feel too well. But it's all relatively mild. 
Um, and, you know, it's tough to deal with misinformation and disinformation because it's easy to blow things out of proportion or make up things. Mm -hmm. And there were years ago when things came up about the measles vaccine, and it was so farcical um, that it was unbelievable. But people take that information and they still carry it even though, again, there's no evidence that some of the stuff that came up years and years ago, and we're talking now about 30 years ago, um, are so far from the truth. But again, it's out there, and it's very hard to deal with mis- or, or disinformation. But again, when it comes to the flu vaccine, it's safe. There's not that much in it to make it unsafe. Um, yeah, hopefully that answered your question, Alan. Thank you all, and I appreciate y'all's work. Yeah, thank you so much for calling. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that comes up is why is not the flu vaccine more protective? Right. Um, you know, like I said, the measles vaccine is, what, 95% or better. German measles vaccine, whooping cough vaccine, you can go on and on. They're in the 80s, 90% protective for a long time, and not just one week or something. Well, with the flu vaccine... It's based upon what strains are circulating. In other words, we'll find out what's going on in South America or Australia, knowing that's going to move north. So we'll make a vaccine and try to include those strains. But there's no guarantee that by the time that strain, which started out in, let's say, New Zealand, winds up in Jackson, Mississippi, is going to be exactly the same strain. So you have a flu vaccine in which you think you've got the best strains available, knowing what was going on south of here. So we put it in the vaccine, but that could change. And you can't quickly change the vaccine in three days or come up with a new one. But what we have found is, even though the strains are not exactly matched and they're not perfect, um, you get some protection. Now, you don't get 100% protection, and that's one of the problems. As well, I got the flu vaccine, and I got flu. Well, yeah, you did, because, again, we can't predict 100% like we could with the measles as to what you're going to get. But what we do know is, even though you've got the vaccine and the strain may not be exactly right, if you're going to get the disease, it's still going to be milder than if you didn't get it. Yeah, you got a lot of fever of 103, but the odds are if you didn't have the vaccine, the fever would have been 105, not 103. So you got to keep in mind it's going to make the disease milder, may not prevent it by any stretch of the imagination close to 100%, but you're still better off with the mild disease, even though it may not feel mild. Remember, it could have been worse than what you got if you didn't have the flu vaccine. Right. And while we're kind of on that discussion, you mentioned this briefly earlier, but can you kind of reiterate that you cannot get the flu from the flu vaccine? I think um, people say that all the time, that they got the flu. They're not going to get the flu shot because they took it one time and they got the flu. Um, 
But I try to explain, and you tell me how you would explain it, but what I try to tell people is you're not getting the flu. You're just having – your body is having an immune response. Right. And with that, you may feel a little crummy. You may run a little low-grade fever. You may have some chills, some aches, but it's not the flu. Right. You cannot get the flu from the flu vaccine. Yeah, I'm really nothing to add to that. I mean, you hit the nail right on the head. You can't get the flu, period. Because there's nothing in there that's live virus. And what it is is actually your body nicely reacting to getting the vaccine. Right. Um, and uh, it's still better than not getting the vaccine. Yeah. So while we're talking about that, some of the side effects and the immune response that you get, um, is it okay to take like Tylenol or ibuprofen before the vaccine? Um, is that going to interfere with your body's response to creating the antibodies for the flu? The answer is no. You want to go ahead and take uh, Tylenol or ibuprofen or whatever before the flu vaccine? Fine. You want to take it two hours after the flu vaccine? Fine. It's not going to interfere with anything. If it's going to make you feel better, go ahead and do it. Right. It's only, it can't hurt may not be helpful, but it can't hurt. Right, right. I mean, I, in particular, always try to take some ibuprofen or Tylenol before I get the flu shot because I do always get a little sore and a little achy that night. Um, but it it tends to work for me to kind of help decrease those symptoms a little bit and help me rest a little bit more at night. So I always like to ask that question because I feel like a lot of people, there's a lot of misinformation about that, that you can't take it because it may interfere with the way you respond to the vaccine. So... But it's totally fine to take some Tylenol or ibuprofen, whatever your choice is, to um, try to help decrease those side effects from the flu vaccine. This is Southern Remedy Kids and Teens on MPB Think Radio. We've had Dr. Feldman on with us, and we have been talking flu shots. We have got some time left. You can always send us an email, too, to kids at mpbonline.org. So we had somebody call in asking about uh, the high-dose flu vaccine, and um, their question was, if they got the regular flu shot, do they need to go back and get the high-dose flu vaccine? So that brought up a good topic that we haven't gotten to yet. So tell us a little bit about what the high-dose flu vaccine is and who who are the people that need the high-dose flu vaccine? Okay, basically... When you get to be in your 60s and you get a vaccine or you get exposed, your antibody response is not as good as when you were 30 or 40 or whatever. Um, So they came up with what they call high-dose or um, uh, I forgot the other term they use besides the high-dose, adjuvanted vaccines. And what these vaccines do is, for older people, give a better antibody response. They sort of boost your immunity even better. Um, and there are basically, there are three of them. Um, one is fluzone high dose. The other is, um, let's see, fluad. And... Um, I guess flu block is the other one. And these um, vaccines 
tend to give you a better response or protection if you're 65 and older. Now, if somebody inadvertently gave you the regular vaccine and you're 65 or whatever, um, you don't need to get another booster shot. Um, And that's what the recommendation is from the CDC. So if you inadvertently are 65 and older and didn't get the high dose or the adjuvanted vaccines and just got the regular one, well, that's all right. Yeah, just make sure next flu season... Um, because a lot of people don't know about the higher-dose flu vaccine. I feel like a lot of the pharmacies will catch it and try to make sure that you get the higher-dose flu vaccine. Um, but I feel like there's not a lot of information out there trying to spread the word that 65 and older need that higher-dose flu vaccine. So. Yeah, I mean, when you go in, particularly to a pharmacy as opposed to your doctor's office, mention to them that your age is 65. Yeah. Um, and then they will automatically... You know, that'll raise a red flag to them, and they'll go ahead and give you the adjuvanted or the high-dose flu vaccine. Yeah, and if you plan to get your, if you're 65 and older and you plan to get your flu shot at your doctor's office, you may just want to make sure that they have the high-dose available. Right. Because I know that there's a lot of clinics don't always carry it. Um, because they don't, you know, they're just more geared towards everybody right. else getting the the kids and the regular adults getting the flu shot. So that's just something to make sure you think about because I know not all, like our, our internal medicine clinic doesn't actually have it. Um, but my other clinic that I work at has geriatrics on the same hall, so we carry it on, right. at that one. So we have it in one location, but we don't have it at the other one. Um, so it's just something to make sure that you think about um, when you're planning to get your flu shot, if you have like a checkup or an appointment coming up with your doctor, you just may want to touch base with them and see. And it should be covered by insurance right. too. That's one thing I wanted to just touch base about. I know a lot of people are concerned about that is um, payment wise. Um, all the flu shots should be covered by insurance. Um, Pretty much no matter your plan, I feel like every insurance covers the flu vaccine. And I believe Medicare covers. The high dose. Yeah. They do. Oh, yeah, I know they cover the the high dose, Mm -hmm. right. And they cover the regular flu vaccine, too. So, And I don't know, you may know this, like, through the health department, um, like, getting the flu shot, and if you don't have insurance, how much it costs or out-of-pocket. I don't know that off the top of my head. Well, actually, um, we carry the flu vaccine, but for somebody who doesn't have uh, and who has Medicare, they're better off going to a pharmacy. Right. Um, it'll be a lot easier because you could just go ahead and get the flu vaccine because you have Medicare. Right. Um, and again, the flu vaccine, and, and last I knew, doesn't cost more than 15 or $20. Okay. So even if you have to pay out of pocket, um, it's not going to be that expensive. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm not 100% sure what the health department does about flu vaccine for those who have no insurance. But I can find out, and then you can tell on your next radio talk show, but okay. sort of mention that. Okay. Yeah, because I'm not very sure about that either. So um trying to think, is there any other big topics that you want to hit? No. I okay. Think. Oh, it looks like we have a caller. So go ahead, Elizabeth. What's going on? Hey, I had a question, kind of a follow-up question to the conversation y'all just had about the higher-dose vaccines that are used um, primarily in the elderly population. Um, 
we have um, an immune deficiency that runs in my family that tends to give us less of a response to, to vaccines. For example, we've had to have two different kinds of pneumonia vaccines to um, get the titers that they're looking for in, wow. in that kind of response. So I wondered, is that also the higher dose vaccine? Would it also be appropriate in that kind of context with someone who has an immune deficiency and less of a response? As far as I know, there hasn't ever, the CDC hasn't ever given that right. indication. It's still only 465, even for our younger immunocompromised patients. Right. Uh, what I would suggest, and I don't know if you have an immunologist that you see, I would ask them, um, because A, would be not off the books, but I forgot the phrase, <laughs> but they would be better at addressing that and if deciding, yes, they think it needs to be done, then they can sort of monitor you and sort of keep after you rather than just walking into Walgreens and saying, hey, I want right. the high dose and I'm 35. Uh, okay. Because the immunologists would be better able to decide if it's going to be worth it and uh, then they can monitor you if they decide it is. Yeah, that's a good point. Okay. Great. Thank you. Yeah, thanks so much for your call. Yeah, that's a good that's a good thought because yeah. it, as far as I know, there is no yeah. indication for our younger patients um, with immunocompromised uh, states. But it would make sense. I mean, you would think we give them the pneumonia shot, we give right. them all the meningitis vaccines, we give them all these other vaccines. So you would think that it would be. But as far as I know, they have not ever changed yeah, those I, recommendations. I don't, I don't know that either. So just to um, summarize really quick in the last minute that we have, so now is the time to go get your flu shot. Uh, this beginning to mid-October, because it takes a couple right. of weeks to build up your immunity, and you want to make sure that you're covered from November until March, because that's going to be our biggest flu season down here in Mississippi, um, and we're typically going to see the most cases of it. So now is the time to go get it. Um, and if you are 65 and older, you want to make sure you're getting the high-dose flu vaccine. If your child is under age 9 and they've never gotten the flu shot, they're going to have to have more than one dose. So plan accordingly. Um, we give one dose, and then 30 days later, you get the second dose. So you want to make sure that if your child has not gotten the flu shot, and they're going to have to have two doses to try to kind of plan for that as well. Um, now's the time you want to make sure you're getting that started so that they can make sure they have the immunity once the flu shot, I mean, once the flu season is here amongst us. And then lastly, pregnant women. So important for our pregnant women Absolutely. to make sure they get the flu shot. Um, because not only does it benefit you as a pregnant person, because you are going to be more at risk for catching things. Pregnancy just makes you a little more immunocompromised. But most importantly, it passes on to the baby who cannot get a flu shot until you're six months old. Um, so you get coverage for everybody. So that's so important. Anything else you want to throw in there? You covered it all. Okay. Well, thanks, Dr. Feldman, for coming on with us. As always, we thank our callers, too. Um, I thought it was a great show, and we appreciate everybody calling in and asking questions. Thank you, Jay, for being our um, producer, and Charles for being our phone screener. This has been Southern Remedy Kids and Teens. It's a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and Think Radio, and it's funded in part by a grant from the University of Mississippi Medical Center and generous support from listeners like you. Um, I'm Dr. Morgan McLeod. Join us next Thursday on MPB Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. 
To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.